Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Ezekiel 43, 10 through 27. As for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities and let them measure the plan. If they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the house, its structure, its exits, its entrances, all its designs, all its statutes, and all its laws, and write it in their sight so that they may observe its whole design and all its statutes and do them. This is the law of the house. Its entire area on the top of the mountain all around shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house, the altar of sacrifice. And these are the measurements of the altar by cubits, the cubit being a cubit and a hand breadth. The base shall be a cubit and the width a cubit and its border on its edge round about one span. And this shall be the height of the base of the altar. From the base on the ground to the lower ledge shall be two cubits and the width one cubit. And from the smaller ledge to the larger ledge shall be four cubits and with the width one cubit. The altar hearth shall be four cubits, and from the altar hearth shall extend upward four horns. Now the altar hearth shall be twelve cubits long by twelve wide, square in its four sides. The ledge shall be fourteen cubits long by fourteen wide in its four sides. The border around it shall be half a cubit, and its base shall be a cubit round about, and its steps shall face the east. The offerings. And he said to me, Son of man, thus says the Lord God, These are the statute for the altar on the day it is built, to offer burnt offerings on it and to sprinkle blood on it. You shall give to the Levitical priests who are from the offspring of Zadok, who draw near to me to minister to me, declares the Lord God, a young bull for a sin offering. You shall take some of its blood and put it on its four horns and on the four corners of the ledge and on the border around about. Thus... You shall cleanse it and make atonement for it. You shall also take the bull for the sin offering, and it shall be burned in the appointed place of the house, outside the sanctuary. On the second day, you shall offer a male goat without blemish for a sin offering, and they shall cleanse the altar as they cleansed it with the bull. When you have finished cleansing it, you shall present a young bull without blemish and a ram without blemish from the flock. You shall present them before the Lord, and the priest shall throw salt on them, and they shall offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord. For seven days you shall prepare daily a goat for a sin offering. Also a young bull and a ram from the flock without blemish shall be prepared. For seven days they shall make atonement for the altar and purify it, so shall they consecrate it. 
When they have completed the days, it shall be that on the eighth day and onward, the priest shall offer your burnt offerings on the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, declares the Lord God. Matthew five thirteen through 20. Disciples and the world. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. If you read Ezekiel 43 before verse 10, you can see that, that God is He's appeared to them in the temple and he's filled the place. But also he's shown them. He says, that he has shown them his glory has gone in and filled the whole place. And so because he sees what they've done, how they've defiled his temple and the stuff that they were doing with, with all of their abominations that they were committing. And the, the point is, he says, look at all these, these bad things, this perverseness that you've brought into my temple. And the way that he makes it right is he says, describe to them how I designed this temple. The details that I put into this temple. So by that, they will know where they've messed up. It's not that they messed up on the building of the temple. Now, now think going to the future. Our body is the temple. And God has made us made our bodies on purpose to be a uh, perfect design structure with all the things put in place and the things that we do to defile one ourselves but also to our bodies and he made that analogy here just looking at the temple it's God is a God of order. He wants things to be put into order. But he says here, all of its designs, but included in it, all the structure, the exits, the entrances, the designs. And then he includes also the statutes and the laws. And those were to be written in plain sight so that they could be observed. This is the law of the house. This, is, he says it over and over again. And then he talks about the sacrifice and how they're to do the design the altar to make the sacrifices. And then again, he talks about the offerings and how they're supposed to be prepared. But it's all such detail. 
Now we know we don't have to have animal sacrifices anymore because Jesus Christ was that sacrificial lamb once and for all. We never need to bring another peace offering, sin offering, anything like that of sacrifice of an animal. Now we are still to bring the first fruits offerings. We are still to bring those offerings that we bring, but we're not supposed to need to cover our sin by killing an animal. Now, if you take that and you go to Matthew, in reading today in Matthew in 5, he reminds us, we're the salt. Salt preserves, salt heals, but salt also brings flavor. And as the church and as believers, we're supposed to be adding a flavor to the world. We're not supposed to be becoming a part of the world. People are supposed to look at us and say, man, you as a Christian, you really make this a lot more enjoyable just being here. We are supposed to add flavor, but that flavor comes from him, not from us. And then, of course, the light and all those those wonderful things that he says. But this is where most people get tripped up. Do not think that I came to abolish the law. God just showed how in Ezekiel, he put everything in place just perfect, but it includes the design and the statutes and the laws. Man is the one who determined that it's impossible. Throughout the Old Testament, it says his law is easy. Jesus said his law is easy. We made his law difficult. And it's not his law that is difficult. It's all the additional boundaries and fences and everything that we put outside of his law. That is the curse of the law. And he says, I didn't come to to fulfill it. I mean, I didn't come to abolish it, but I came to fulfill. That's a poor translation. Most people say fulfill. Well, that's the same thing. No, he came to model it. He came to live it. He showed us that he could and that we can too live without breaking the law. It's not difficult. He did it. Now we do mess up. But he didn't say, I came so that you can do whatever you want. That's a poor teaching of grace. That is not what grace is for. Grace is not to cover sin so that we don't have to, or to cover the law so that we don't have to worry about the law anymore. Grace came to cover because when we fall from the law, that's sin. It came to cover our mistakes. When we intentionally break the law, that's a whole nother matter. He didn't come so that you can commit lawless acts, so that you can freely sin. That's not why he was here. He came to show us that he could. He could, and we also can, following in his footsteps, not live perfectly. He lived perfectly, but we could live as close to perfect as we can. And then his grace is that perfection that covers us the rest of the way where we fail. But the true translation of modeling to example, to to show us how to do it, he lived it. And then he said, not one of these laws, not even the littlest law will will go away. Nothing. Until heaven and earth, until the smallest stroke, the letter, I mean, all those things. He says, nothing, nothing is going to go away. 
until there's no, no, no more need for the law, which would be in heaven. So, Father, thank you for you. And thank you for the goodness that is your law and the ease that is your law, that we can live and fulfill it in our lives. And, and I'm also so thankful that when we make mistakes, you cover us with grace, that you understand you could have insisted that we be perfect, but instead you came down and your son was perfect and is perfect so that through his perfection, we can put on that robe of perfection that he sampled for us. I know that I'm not perfect, but you see me as perfect through Jesus Christ. Thank you and we love you in Jesus name, amen. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at Win Big Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for joining us today. And I hope that uh, that blesses you either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family, uh, some time around God's Word. And uh, of course, that is great. I love that. And I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts, or even just check out the events that we have available uh, but again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.